I'm going to present some of my new work. And I've asked my life partner, Songi Land, to help me present it. The first poem is called, for Songi, it wasn't his singing, it was the song. Yes, of course I know that song. Lots of people have sung that song. Are you sure? Singing it? Yes, that's the one. You're 33. Yes. You were born in 1984. Yes. My father sang that song on a vaudeville stage in 1921 when the song was new. He stopped the show with it. He always felt it wasn't his singing. It was the song. I want to rest my weary head on somebody's shoulder. I hate to grow older all by myself. This poem is called Songi. I can't imagine why or how you have given your heart to me. But I feel it in every motion. We give each other our imperfect selves to love, as if ourselves did not require patience, fortitude, and understanding. And we are surprised to discover they do not require patience, fortitude, and understanding. They require only fabulous love discovered daily. Play with my hair. Play with my hair. Night comes near. Night comes near. The deep air. The deep air. Romantic strains. Romantic strains. Open my heart. Open my heart. Bring me near. Bring me near. To fear and desire. To fear and desire. Prayer has no efficacy. Prayer has no efficacy. Light. Light. Opens me. Opens me. Love. Love. Bends to the dance. Bends to the dance. This poem is called Duet with Myself. The function of memory. My name is Jack. Is to soften the blow of death. I was born. To create the illusion of a self. Far away. Though it is also memory. On the east coast. That creates. Of America. The fear of death. In a city near the roaring sea. This is the function. I live. Of memory. Now. To soften. In the far, far west. The blow of death. Near. To create. The roaring. The illusion. Of another. Of self. Sea. My the function name is Jack. of memory I is was to soften the blow of death away on the to create east the illusion of, of America in a city it is also near the roaring that creates sea. the fear of death. Now, in the this far, is far the function west, of memory near the to soften the blow of, of death to create the illusion of self in the far, far west near the roaring of another See. Rant after Florida. How do we mourn for children 
How do we mourn for these defenseless ones? How do we cry out against a future cut off at the root? We call it senseless and look for reasons. Blame the victims. Blame the authorities. Blame everything except the true cause, which lies all around you as plain as day. In every television show, in every news story, in every comic book, in every political statement, in every action hero, in every piece of parental guidance in every every song, in rap, hip-hop, pop, old movies, all university syllabi, books, talk shows, in every assassination, in every assassination attempt in the National Rifle Association, in any political party, left, right, or center, in every attempt to better the situation, in capitalism, in socialism, in radical, in conservative, in the Banks, in auto dealerships, right in my mother's complaints about my behavior, in prisons, in, in freedom, in the in latest movie about in love, in Christianity, in, in Judaism, banks, in, in Islam, in Buddhism, in the KKK, in the Young Men's in Christian prison, Association, in, in the collision in the of all these things, in the consciousness of a young man Judaism, paralyzed in, in Islam, his need for action and self-assertion and who can see no possibility of action other than the annihilation of everything and everyone he sees so that a new heaven and a new earth may be born so that the new may be announced and the old may perish and himself the sacrificial instrument the Christ through which these long desired things may be accomplished so that a new heaven and a new earth may be born so that the new may be announced and the old may perish. And himself, the sacrificial instrument, the Christ, through which these long-desired things may be accomplished. How do we mourn the culture, the values, the world that makes all this a possibility? Just a moment with you A moment or two
guitar. A woman, by grammar, sound whole sings. Enamored I am. Soy guitarista. I have played this majestic instrument, this wooden cry, since childhood. Guitarista. Touching the neck, touching the body, until sound emerges. Chordal or single notes. Guitarista. Have lent my inadequate voice to its wonderful wailings. Guitarista. At times, at night, under the discerning moon, in the silence of darkness, listening to the sound earth makes upon these wondering, wonderful strings. Here are two poems from my friend, the Connecticut poet, John L. Stanitzi. The first is titled from something that Stanitzi wrote, and um, it was a response, the poem is a response to poetry of his that was published in Peacock Journal. You can find him there, John L. Stanitzi, S-T-A-N-I-Z-Z-I. I am overwhelmed by beauty, Kate. John L. Stanitzi. I'm resisting the temptation to begin this poem with the word dark. How well I understand what Stanitzi says in these Catholic Buddhist poems, a less unlikely conjunction if one thinks of Kerouac. I am resisting the temptation to begin this poem with the word deep or any other word I have used on too many occasions. The desire to keep the child's sense of wonder, as the light is followed by the dark, the dark the light, the sweetness followed by the unexpected nick in the knee. Stanitsi knows these problems too. Both followed by the sudden arousal or the sudden depression, the sense of too much so that tears come. All this is to say one finds love in unexpected places, as in a visit to a friend's deathbed. He who has never hoped can never despair. Or la sua volontate e nostra pace. Worlds spin in tiny spaces. I think of my luck, Stanitsi. Hansel and Gretel, in a deep, dark forest, come upon a wolf who shows them the way a man or a woman or even a child may die, fulfilling their karma fate and vanishing into the vast, deep water world of infinite possibility. La Sua Voluntate. The Italian is, his will is our peace, and it's the climactic line of Dante's Divine Comedy. This next poem is titled from Shakespeare, 
And uh, I quote a number of passages from John L. Stonitzi's book, Ecstasy Among Ghosts, a book that's a favorite of mine. Unpathed waters, undreamed shores. Stanitzi, Stanitzi, bard of Connecticut, how many know how to pronounce your name? Place yourself into the sleeves of things. You will begin by sensing an ecstasy among ghosts. Lanny came to all my little league games. He kept his half pint in his lapel pocket, and any time I did anything, he'd shout, That a boy, John Leonard Stanitzi, that a boy, lingering a while on the L in Leonard. The least the son of a bee can do is show his face at his own mother's funeral, Uncle Jimmy says as we drive to Uncle Angelo's greasy room in the slums of Hartford where the windows that aren't whitewashed are boarded up. Hydrangea, that started as a twig, now enormous, with leaves as big as kites, and my mother inhabiting that universe of soft white planets forever. Planets? Plants? No one does better than that. And that is just one book eleven years ago, Ecstasy Among Ghosts. What wonders came afterwards and will come from that open heart, from the leaps of language this poet makes from poem to poem, from this rooted, uprooted, roistering, sensitive, bene magniloquent Italian-American. I've walked here just before dusk to watch a storm cloud, a pastel of the sea itself, being blown in from the ocean. And who is Chuck Conkling. Dear John, go out today and bravely strut the endless pathways of deep, lovely, singing Connecticut. And as long as I'm celebrating friends, this is a poem for KPFA's own Bob Bulldog who just recently turned 81. My God, Baldock, 80-plus, weighty, octogenarian, what a word, artist, radio guy, activist. I think there is something really strange about that radio station we both inhabit, that despite its many conflicts, its internal divisions, its, oh, loaded word, contradictions, it brings together people who ought to know each other, who share the weight of hope in an immensely troubled world, in a country of enormous confusion, a loveless land that talks about nothing but love, but fails in the realm of compassion. How many have we murdered? Your broadcasts tell of another way. For how many years have you said it? The way of hope 
is light and full of voices. That was for Bob Bulldock. This next poem is about a book that I would recommend very highly. It was published in French, the original language, in 1962, and then translated by Richard Howard and published in English in 1963. The poem is named for the author of the book, Michel Boutot. It's called Boutot. How many of you have read Michel Boutot's great book, Mobile? How many have watched this great kaleidoscope unfold as we move everywhere in the USA, in the history of the USA, as we listen to Jefferson arguing for the inferiority of black Americans, as we listen to Benjamin Franklin, serious religion under its various denominations is not only tolerated, but respected and practiced, as we listen to the innumerable Howard Johnson flavors of ice cream as we find out about Clifton's in Los Angeles as we hear what time it is in Alabama in California as we end brilliantly with the word buffalo how many of you have encountered mind in motion in this way mind traveling the road finding an advertisement for panties a different color for each day of the week white for sunday no red seeing the night sky with special clarity the brilliant night full of stars the clear night watching the automobiles naming them naming the birds he sees remembering the extinct passenger pigeon. They were massacred during the 19th century by businessmen who wanted to exploit them commercially. Listening to the dead voices telling us who we are. And finally, this is a little tune in a hitherto unknown Delmachian language. And there's a translation that will follow the tune. Kamala Gucha, Kamala Gucha, Kamala Gucha, Ducha Duch. Kamala Gucha, Kamala Gucha, Kamala Gucha, Ducha Duch. Wodly Weedle, Wodly Weedle, Wodly Weedle, Gucha Do. Hamadi Humba, Hamadi Humba, Mali Humba, Ducha Do. Kamala Gucha, Kamala Gucha, Kamala Gucha, Ducha Duch. Kamala Gucha, Kamala Gucha, Kamala Gucha, Ducha Duch. Wodly Weedle, Wodly Weedle, Wodly Weedle, Gucha Do. Hamadi Humba, Hamadi Humba, Mali Humba, Ducha Do. Now everybody dance. That was a little tune in a hitherto unknown Delwakian dialect. This is its translation. I have been on welfare for a very long time. I have been on welfare for a very long time. I have grown tired of spaghetti and meatballs. I see your eyes in the fireplace. I see your eyes in the fireplace. I see your eyes in the fireplace, sweetie. Kamala Gucha. And that was a number of things, including Kamala Gucha, in a hitherto undiscovered Delwakian language. Nina, tell us something in English. 
Well, before I do, I just want to warn everybody that, excuse me, excuse me, that next month we're going to have a duet of that fabulous song. (laughs) Which fabulous song? Wait a minute. Kamala Gucci? That's all right. All right. (laughs) Earlier, you heard a poem by Peruvian poet Adrian Arias, and I told you about his uh, performance that was coming up. But this poem I wrote... uh, because he was putting together a book. I forgot to mention that he's also a book designer and that he has put out many books. And he put out a book called Poems for May Day. And each poet was asked to write 21 lines, not one line less, not one line more. So this was my poem, May Day Poem, in 21 lines. 11 lines of poetic despair and 10 lines of poetic triumph. 11 lines of poetic despair. Poem version 1 dies in a forced march without food or water. Poem version 2 heroically raises the red flag but fizzles. Poem version three is blessed because they say three's a charm. But it wasn't because self-doubt walked into the room saying, so what's you so thrilled about to May Day parades, sitting high on your uncle's shoulders above the crowd as he cheered the International Ladies Garment Workers Union, marching by triumphant in their pins and needles history, creating worker safety laws and 40-hour weeks chanting, wages up, prices down, make New York a union town. Is that supposed to be a relevant poem 70 years later? Ten Lines of Poetic Triumph Self-doubt sneaks up on a poet dressed as an inner critic. A mocking fellow, tough-minded and so loud, he drowns out the siren song the muse sings to the soul of May Day. But he flees in fright at the flick of a poet's pen, and the rescued muse dances between the lines. Self-doubt leaves only a shadow where silence and fear once lived. Wow. I'm going to actually give you a bit of prose. We've had poetry galore, and um, this is a bit of prose that I wrote. And uh, I can, I'm an old-timer, and it's one of the reasons I have this knowledge here. It's called Grammar, a Pedantic Treatise. I shall return, said Douglas MacArthur, which was probably incorrect since he was expressing determination, something that would necessarily happen. In that case, shall becomes will. He probably thought of the word shall as a more elevated way of speaking, because shall was already beginning to disappear from American speech, at least as a word following I, I shall go to the movie, sounds British, formal, not American. Shall does, however, remain in questions. Shall we dance? Shall we go to the movies? 
A friend mentioned whom. But it's not just whom. It's the entire objective case that's disappearing. I believe that my generation is the cause of this distressing occurrence. Two reasons. The first reason is the notion believed by many teachers that correct grammar got in the way of inspiration. Don't worry about grammar, just write. So the teaching of grammar, which had previously been essential, was more or less dropped from curricula. Does anyone use that plural? In favor of self-expression. I never thought that grammar got in the way of my self-expression, but evidently many people felt that way. Gertrude Stein, who certainly had no problems with self-expression, once remarked that diagramming sentences was her favorite school activity. (coughs) The second reason. We were all taught that when you knocked on the door, it was proper to say when asked who it was, it is I. This despite the fact that your impulse was to say it's me. A problem arose with this principle when it got extended to every case. The reason it's proper to say it is I is because the verb to be is nothing more than an equal sign. But this is the only verb of which that's true. He hit the boy. He hit him. Not he hit he. In my generation, the rule people learned about I and me after is became an across-the-board rule, so that people began to believe that where they ordinarily used the objective case, the subjective case was proper. When Anita Luz wrote her autobiography in 1966, she called it a girl like I. It was a joke, an ignorant person trying and failing to be correct. Twenty or so years later, I heard Shirley MacLaine use that exact construction in all seriousness on a television interview. An ignorant person trying and failing to be correct. Recently, Robert Reich, castigating Donald Trump, remarked, He continued to, and has continued to be, as bad as many of us, including I, had feared. Nothing much can be done about all this. It shall prevail. Because the problem is so widespread, and because it seems to be growing, extending itself into areas where correct usage is still hanging on, at least for the time being. And now we're going to close with a jointly read poem. I wrote the poem, but it's going to be jointly read. It's called Lights. Speech is the spouse, the husband, wife of memory. Life begins in bed. Our whole lives are spent in getting up. For Roberta Leonard. It's snowing again in the Bronx. In the Bronx, it is snowing. It's causing me oodles of angst. My nose, I am blowing. Comes the snow to the Bronx and I shudder. I wish that this sky were another. Oh, why did me father and mother bring me here with the snow I'm amongst? Grr, it's snowing again in the Bronx. Brr, achoo. San Jose has N2, as does everywhere. N Here is as dark as anywhere, with as many lights flashing. People moving cars, hills, precipice tall buildings. N2, as dark as anywhere. 
He loves to argue, though he is not terribly intelligent, and his whole goal in arguing is to say, I'm right. In the dream, I saw an empty landscape, a kind of void, and heard a deep, unintelligible voice. The dominion of light. Am I the only one who knows how much you loved that painting? For Adele. And that's about it for this show. Thank you, Nina. Thank you, Jack. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back in a month. APFA and Marcus Books are proud to introduce you to Darnell Moore, an award-winning writer and activist on the East Coast, a leader in the movement for black lives and the LGBTQ movement, a powerful advocate for justice and liberation, a self-proclaimed feminist whose writing just might remind you of James Baldwin. Darnell Moore will be presenting his first book, No Ashes in the Fire, Coming of Age, Black and Free in America, at First Congregational Church, 2501 Harrison Street in Oakland. KPFA's mellow Greg Bridges will be hosting this KPFA benefit Tuesday, June 12th, 7.30 p.m. The church has wheelchair access and there is free parking just behind it. Tickets at Marcus Books, brownpapertickets.com and our other supportive indie bookstores. Find more